Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and I am super excited that you joined us today because I have a very special guest that I've been looking forward to bringing on to the show for all of you to hear and on YouTube for you to, to see as well. My guest today is Dr. Lise DeGeer, and she is a clinical psychologist who, at the age of four, suffered third-degree burns on 65% of her body as the result of both maternal and corporate negligence. She is the author of her memoir, Flashback Girl, Lessons on Resilience from a Burn Survivor. And she's my very special guest today. Oh, thank you so very much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time and the amazing work that you do with your, not only with your patients uh, there on the East Coast, but also through the book that you've just uh, written and are promoting right now. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for having me, Christine. I was looking forward to it. And it's so the show is called Out of the Box. And a lot of what we talk about are ways to deal with life's ups and downs in a different way and in a conscious way. And uh, I don't, I wondered if you could just let our listeners know a little bit about your story and also how you became a psychologist, because I know that the requirements for becoming a psychologist in the, especially uh, in the United States are quite high, but what motivated you from the trauma that you had faced and just give our, our, our listeners and our viewers a little bit of a background on what happened to you and um, the work that you're doing right now, how that led to the work that you're doing right now. Okay, great. Um so as you mentioned, I was burned in a fire when I was four. Um, the fire was accidentally set by my mother. And uh, to save herself, she left me in it. She abandoned me in that fire, my mother did. And I was, my life was saved by my father, but not before I had been burned in a really horrendous way. I, I was burned, um, am burned, because burns don't go away. Uh, third degree, 65% on my body. I was left from that fire with no chin, no, no neck, no bottom lip. My arms were fused to my body. My head was fused to my chest. And I've had somewhere upwards of 40 to 60 operations. And I say that because no one actually counted. I can go into any and all of that, but suffice it to say, I have been on a lifelong journey of physical recovery and also emotional recovery from multiple traumas. I became a psychologist in part to understand how it is that I survived and actually have done so well. Because I think that most people having met me when I was very little would have thought, I hope this girl even manages to make it at all. And instead, I'm, uh, I'm a happy person. I'm well loved. I'm loving. I am a member of a wonderful family. I have a great career. I'm a sturdy soul. And I wanted to understand that, how some people get to be sturdy souls and some people fall through the cracks. And there's even a little bit more to that story, but I'll, I'll wait until we've talked a little bit more before I go on about that. Well, I just, as you were talking, I, um, 
because I'm I'm an intuitive and I'm an empath as well. And I felt so much when you were just mentioning, um, in addition to the physical pain that you suffered and, and, you know, at, at such a young age, uh, but also the abandonment, the, 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 there was, it was a, it was a, a double whammy, wasn't it? With the abandonment of your mom at that time when you really needed her. Yes. Uh, she, she, she left me in the fire to save herself. And then when I was in the hospital and I was in the hospital the first time for five months and she was in the same hospital as I, um, and she was burned, but not nearly as badly as I, and she refused to come visit me for weeks. And during that time, I, you know, I, I, I almost died twice during that time and she did not come. And that has been a part of my journey is understanding my mother. Um, and it was confusing to me because the stories that my mother thought were true about herself and that she shared with me were not really that true. And it's been a lifelong journey for me to understand who she was, who my family was, who I am, goodness knows, as opposed to what I had been told. Am I making sense? Completely. Yes. Okay. Well, and at such a young age too, you have to navigate those, those emotions. And you're, st you're dealing with the, with the, with the physical and psychological trauma of, of being uh, so much of your body being burned during this tragic event and then dealing with the idea that your mother is not wanting to see you. And as a, I would, I would imagine as a four-year-old too, you're, you're seeking that, that maternal or paternal, that parental love and reassurance that think everything's going to be okay. We love you. And mm -hmm. that's something that is so heartbreaking to me is that that wasn't something that, that, that was given to you at that time. Um, and that's why when I when I asked when I asked you too what your superpower was before um, before we did the uh, the interview the the the, the word and and I want to I I can see you with like a super cape you know like a, a with a big R resilience <laughs> resilience what what is it about you that you've discovered and other people through your practice and and maybe through through life that ex explains or expresses that inner resilience within someone, how they can not only survive, but thrive in life after experiencing something such as yourself. So I've done a bit of studying about resilience over time. I present on this too. And there's a lot of different factors that seem to um, help people be resilient or or hurt them in that. And first of all, we should say like resilience is not that uncommon. At least half of people are resilient. I, I read somewhere last night, a leading researcher is now saying up to two thirds of people are capable of great resiliency. So it's not that uncommon. Maybe some of us haven't been under trial of that yet. Uh, resilience is, it's the capacity to bounce back from adversity. That's, that's how it's defined. 
And so some of the things that help people be resilient are genetic, and, and we don't have any control over that. It is what it is. And some of them are economic because, you know, obviously if you have resources economically, you can access, well, in our country anyway, better healthcare, better education, um, you know, helpers. Maybe you live in a safer area, that kind of thing. But there's a lot of resiliency that is uh, about mindset. And that's the thing that I enjoy speaking about the most is, is the resilient mindset. And so I have a little mnemonic for that I, I could share with you if you like. Uh, and the mnemonic is goals plus M&M. And so the G in goals stands for gratitude. The O is for optimism. A is for active coping. L is for love. S is for social skills. And M and M is for meaning making. And I can go into any or all of that as you like. Uh, but the exciting thing to me about those six things is that people can learn those things and we can help them learn them and they can get better at it. Like, it's not just like, oh, I'm resilient and no, I'm not. Like, okay, maybe you're not resilient yet, but we can help you with that. Or, or also maybe we have moments of resilience, right? We have moments of, of, uh, of being able to overcome traumas, obstacles, you know, if we've suffered, you know, I, I know of some people who have gone through cancer, uh, cancer and cancer treatments and they're, you know, they're able to inspire others, but then we also have, we have moments, right? We have moments where we have that strength and then we have other moments where we might want to just kind of clump, you know, on the floor in a heap and, mm -hmm. and really express our sorrow or just be in that space. What is about the importance, uh, Dr. Lease, of allowing ourselves to have those moments, uh, not only of positivity and, you know, um, and, and, and that resilience strength that you're talking about, that inner strength, but also having that ability to, to, um, to have those moments, that grief, to being allowed to be able to grieve. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, being the, the O for optimism that I mentioned, being optimistic doesn't mean being fake or not having feelings um, because, you know, there are days and times that are incredibly bleak. To me, being optimistic is the ability to be in those days and times that are incredibly bleak and still hold out hope that things can get better. That's it. So it doesn't mean you're not crying or even despairing at times, but just allowing there to be that, that thought, like the world keeps turning, every day is a different day. And just cause you feel like you can't possibly go on in this moment, doesn't mean that you can't definitely go on in another moment. So just keep going. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And, and so much of it too is, uh, well, yes, it's the support that we can have around us. If we have that support, if it's family or friends, or if we have the resources, uh, like you said, 
medical um, psychology and, and therapy and things like that. But it's also having that, um, that ability to speak to ourselves, those stories that we tell ourselves, as you know, as a psychologist, those stories have great power. And I'm always inspired by the idea of the placebo effect and how incredibly powerful our mind is and what we think that, and when I'm referring to the placebo effect as, as like, you know, if there's someone with a white coat and a stethoscope and a certificate on the wall saying that they're a, a medical doctor and they give you a pill here, I have a vitamin right here. If they give you a pill and they say, okay, Christine, I know you have high blood pressure, but this pill is the latest, greatest thing. It is amazing. And once you take it, your blood pressure is going to be normalized exactly where it needs to be. Not too high, not too low, but it's an amazing, amazing invention, patented prescription. And they give it to you, you putting faith in that degree and stethoscope and coat and the whole apparatus behind it and the power that you give that person thinking and believing that this is going to work, even though it's a sugar pill, it actually, they've done tests on these, on, on this many, many times, your blood pressure, it, it lowers your blood pressure. It gets it right. In the, that's the power of the mind. That to me is, is mind blowing, so to speak. Absolutely. I, I just, yesterday, was it yesterday? No, two days ago, I was taking a walk with a friend of mine and it, we were outside. That's the only way we can see anybody these days. We were masked walking through this park and it had just rained. So it was all these like puddles all around. And at one point we had to walk on a, on a curb, a little elevated curb. And it was only like this wide, sort of like a balance beam feel to it. Although it was, you know, just this far off the ground. And I started to walk on this and I am not athletic in any way. I'm like really, really not. And I started to walk on this and I'm like, I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna fall. And then I, I caught myself and I said, I can walk on this curve. I can do this just fine. And immediately I could do it. Like I straightened up, had my balance. I made it just fine. And whereas before I was like, you know, teeter tottering. And it is very interesting how powerful the messages that our brain is telling us really are. And yeah, I, I, I think that it can be applied too to so many things, not only for our own recovery and wellness. I mean, even, you know, broken bones or um, after divorce or, uh, losing someone that we we love, you know, very much. Those messages that we send to our brain or those beliefs, if we believe also that the world is bad, that if we believe that things bad happen to us, uh, that life is unfair, that is also, and not, without getting too woo-woo or unicorny, um, th that, that there's an energy that goes out and we look for those signs to re- reaffirm or confirm our beliefs do we not do we like like if we think that the world is a bad evil place and that's a belief that we hold strongly from childhood from things that have happened to us but we believe that do we not also seek and look for that confirmation in the world absolutely 
And I think, you know, you, you brought up earlier that, you know, I was alone in the hospital all this time without my mother and, and my father was there sometimes, but, but often not. And what I learned very early on, and I think this has been a, a, a tremendous gift in my life, honestly, what I learned is to connect with other people. I had a doctor, a surgeon, Dr. John Constable, who took tender care of me for many, many years. And I had nurses who took care of me and there were other kids there and we played. And I just, I learned how to go outside my family bubble, which was really dysfunctional, turns out, and connect with other people for love and support and companionship. And that it turns out has been, I think one of the things that saved me is other people, friends, you know, being able to establish a family of friends, which has been deeply meaningful in my life. So I think in my mind, I just got the mindset early on, like people are good. And some people are disappointing. I guess some people aren't good. And some people are like, all right. And there's, you know, I don't know, 20% of people who are amazing. That's how I feel. And the, and the adaptability, the, the, the ability for, especially for children to adapt. I know even like with my childhood, there were moments where I, I did, I had to really kind of adapt and look at the situation and go, okay, this is happening. (laughs) This is not the story that I really want, but seeing that what you're missing, seeking what you're lacking in seeking it in other, um, for me, it was my grandmother or um, like the same thing as a child, it was other, it was adults. It it was, I was quite, uh, quite talkative to people much older than me. So much to the, so much so that to the point that where, when it came time for me to go to kindergarten, I was like, who, what are these, what are these little things called children, you know? (laughs) Why am I here? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh But it was just because I think as a child, I enjoyed speaking to adults that had that, um, they had that caring compassion and they saw a spark, you know, in me. But as children, it really is quite amazing how, how we're able to ad- adapt. And that's not the word, that's not even the word that I'm looking for. You might know it m- much better than I, uh, how to express it. But with situations that are, that, are, that are quite overwhelming and maybe as many adults wouldn't be able to handle, but children, so many of, of, of us when we're young are able to navigate these kind of really crazy situations or overwhelming situations. What is that? What is that, uh, that, that word that I'm looking for? (laughs) I'm not sure what the word you're looking for. Adaptability, I guess, um, flexibility maybe. Uh, But in my mind, in my little, you know, sort of cognitive way of looking at things, I would call that one of the, one of the tools of active coping. It's the ability to be in a situation, maybe in a terrible, terrible problem and say, all right, 
there's a lot of things here that I cannot control. Like I can't control issues with my parents. You couldn't control issues with your father. So what can I control? What can I do to make this situation better? You know, for, for you, it sounds like you learned how to reach out to other older people who would be wise and helpful and encouraging to you. And I, I did the same, um, but also including kids. I was, I was good with the kids too. <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah, what, what can you do? Like you can't control this family maybe, but there are other people out there and some of them might be really awesome. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, doctor, I wanted to, to touch on a subject because obviously we are living in unprecedented times. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh it seems like this uh well it's almost you know close to a year that um so many people have been well there there have been people who we've lost there's been a lot of psychological trauma on a lot of people millions and millions of people millions and millions of people globally there is also this feeling that people don't, they, you know, not that we're ever in control, but we, before COVID, we, I think people felt a little bit more in control of their lives. And right now they, uh, they don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen in a month or a year or five years. And that can do a lot that psychologically that can do a, a lot to people. In your practice, are you are you are you finding that people are having to find new ways to cope with this, not knowing and uh, and adjusting, or is it something that uh, people are trying, for the most part, trying to deal with and hold hold shit together, so to speak? I mean, you know, as as you said so eloquently, there, this is a year. I mean, I guess there have been other terrible years, right? You know, the Spanish flu or 1945 and, you know, there have been other terrible years, but this year um, ranks up there. And it certainly is the worst year of my lifetime. And it's the only year that I can recall that every single person is going through a hard time. Like there's nobody it's like, yeah, I'm having a good year. Like, nobody. <laughs> I mean, I, some people are having a much worse time than others. Some people lost a loved one. Some people lost their job. Some people, you know, um, there's been all kinds of racial issues in my country. There's been a lot of really horrible things happening. And some people like me are, you know, I'm just stressed and it's hard, but I, I can work and, and I'm safe and healthy. But there's nobody without some level of stress and anxiety going on. With my clients, I just am trying to help people stay as balanced as they can. Talking a lot about self-care, talking a lot about getting exercise and getting outside and maintaining contacts with people, even if, okay, so you have to talk on the phone, you can't see them, but they're still out there and they still love you. And, trying to help people have the mindset of making the, 
again, making the best of the time that we have in whatever way that you can. Because it won't last forever. This will end. It will get better. We have to get through it, though. And we have to stay alive while we do it. Yeah. And I think also, again, as well as with anything that we go through in life that is stressful, uh, creates anxiety or depression, we can learn so much about ourselves as we're going through it. And it's just, it's, it's having that ability though, not to be completely overwhelmed and those beliefs that we have about who we are, who we are as a culture as as well, who we are as a society. But I think that right now people are really being tested. And um, in addition to, in addition to that whole stress, of, of our health, of our loved one's health, of finances uh, and jobs and the economy in general and political. I mean, goodness, we've had, we've had a kind of a cr- little crazy political situation there in the United States as well. Um, w- what I've noticed too is that with young people, um, and, and maybe you have some, I don't know if you have younger uh, clients, but with, um, teenagers and preteens, they're dealing with a a great amount of depression, anxiety, um, thoughts of harm. And I know that the amount of young people that are on medication right now or seeking uh, psychological um, treatment and counseling is extremely high. Can you talk about that? Do you have many you know, younger patients that you, that you can consult with, that you talk to? Yeah, I mostly work with people 18 and up. That's, that's my, that's where I, I work in my practice. I also have some two young daughters myself who, well, I guess they're not that young. They're in their early twenties. And yeah, I think it's super hard on, on the younger folks these days because they don't, they don't have, they're not seeing their friends. They're, school is not the same, you know, people are okay, they're attending college, but they're doing it from a room, you know, they're not even able to go out and have classes outside. So it is, it's, it is a very stressful and difficult time. Again, the optimism in me, the optimist in me, just keeps saying like, yes, it's a terrible time. There are vaccines coming, we're going to get them, and this will end. We have to get through this time. It's not fun, but we've gotten through other bad times, human beings have, worse times actually. We'll get through this too. Yeah, one day at a time. One day at a time, it's so, it's so true. Um, well, a lot of wisdom in that one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm curious if you, if you have a few words of, of wisdom that you would like to share with anyone and you can speak directly to them, uh, as well through the, the audio recording that we're doing, but also through the, the video on YouTube, um, for those that are listening that have gone through great forms of trauma. And I'm speaking of physical trauma such as yourself with being um, a victim, uh, a burn victim, and still coping with that, Uh, psychological trauma, sexual uh, trauma, 
if you have just a few words of wisdom for them right now, you can speak directly to them and give them something that they can hold on to and, and hopefully come through this and be a bit stronger and know that they're obviously that they're not alone, that there's others that have gone through great amounts of pain. But if you don't mind, would you like to just say something directly to the audience? Sure. And I'm going to take something that sounds like I'm taking a commercial break, but I'm not. This book that I wrote, I've only just begun to talk about the trauma that I endured in this book. You know, in addition to this fire and, and the burn care that I went through, which was horrifically painful, the trauma of being permanently disfigured, bullying, teasing, and then there were four suicides in my family, four. So I have been through a great deal. And there were two reasons why I wrote this book. One is just that I had to write it because I had to for myself. But I also wrote it for other people who are going through terrible things and the people who love them. It's the idea that like, look, you too can be the most unfortunate person you know. And that doesn't mean it's going to end that way. That's just how it is right now. The world keeps turning. You keep putting one foot in front of another. Get yourself some help. Seriously, get yourself some help. I did. It helps. And you can build yourself a much better life. It won't happen like that. It won't happen next month. It might not happen next year. It might not even happen in this decade, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. And that is entirely what this book is about and why I wrote it. And the, the book, the, uh, the name of the book is mm -hmm. for our listeners. I want you to know it's called Flashback Girl, Lessons on Resilience from a Burn Survivor by Dr. Lise DeGeer. And I will make sure that we have in the show notes links to that book and also a link to Dr. DeGeer's uh, website as well. It's leasedegeer.com. That's L-I-S-E-D-E-G-U-I-R-E.com. But we'll have links to that in the show notes so that you can check out her work and, and, and get the book. And if it's not for you, then perhaps it's for someone else who is struggling right now who needs to hear this. And I believe too that people who are watching this on YouTube or listening to the show right now, there's a reason why they stumbled across it. There's a reason why they're hearing your story, Dr. DeGeer. And, and that's not by mistake. That's because they needed to hear it. So I'm hoping that if they feel inspired and connected connect at all with what you're saying and what we've been talking about that they reach out to you or they reach out and get that book so that they can help themselves or someone that they they really care for because that's a beautiful a beautiful place that you wrote that book not only for yourself and your own healing but for others that just makes my heart explode with 
with with joy and 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 happiness. So thank you so very much for that, for putting that book out into the world uh, for our wonderful uh, listeners too, so they can get on the road to healing, but also help others as well that are suffering right now. Yeah, I think I just wanted to, to say that I think that there are not enough authentic stories of struggling and healing because I think most of us are afraid to share them. I mean, I heck, I was a little bit afraid. There are things that I wrote about in this book that I'm like, oh, some people might be mad at me uh, for, for, for telling this story honestly. So I think a lot of us hold back. We were, we're afraid to be honest. We're, you know, we're in the social media world where everything's perfect and all that. And so ironically, even though I actually think that most people are suffering to some universal degree, like more or less, but most people are, most people aren't really talking about it in a way that people can learn from. And then what that creates is more and more of a sense of isolation about our own suffering. Like, oh, it's just me. Oh my God. But it isn't just you. Like, really, like life is hard, actually. It really is. Um, so I think that's another reason why I wanted to put it out there. You know, some people are like, you're going to say all this? I'm like, darn straight I am. You betcha. <laughs> I love you said darn straight because that's something my grandmother used to say. <laughs> well, I honestly, I feel a connection with you, Christine. I really I do. Like, I know we're like across the world from each other, but I don't know. I'm feeling it. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, that's why uh, when I, when I saw your story um, again, I'm an intuitive. So I go off of what I feel. And it was like, immediately I was like, yep, I need to connect with her. I need to get her on the show. Um, and that's, you know, we're, we're all doing, we can all do something too. We can all do whatever it is. If you have a podcast show, or if you, if you have the ability to write a book, if you have the ability to help others, there's always something that you can do. And our stories, even though it's, you know, it can bring up, uh, it can bring up memories sometimes, or it can seem, it can, it can seem overwhelming just even talking about it. Not only is it good for our own healing, but as you said, there are others who think that they're all alone and there are others that think, you know, nobody else feels this way, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody else is experiencing this. And it's when we share our stories and we say, yes, this is what happened to me, but this is what that experience has brought out of me. Mm -hmm. I know from myself and, and others who have experienced childhoods where they have, if they have an abusive parent or, you know, an emotionally unavailable parent, it can go a couple different ways. You can repeat that pattern. You gotcha. Right? You can repeat it because that's what, you know, mm -hmm. um, people who, you know, who have been severely traumatized at a very young age, they can have the ability, they, they might become an extreme, you know, narcissist, mm -hmm. uh, you know, psychopath. It, it, there's all different ways, but it's also once you experience something, I think as a child for me, when I was at that young, young age, it was, I know what this feels like. And I could never do that to another person. Mm -hmm. I would never want someone to feel this way. Mm -hmm. So, and then you interact with people in the world 
sometimes based off of that, but you've experienced something that you, it's, it's, it's what you are not, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, we could talk forever, doctor. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would love to have you back, please. You're, you're welcome to come back anytime. I don't know to come back. Seriously. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I feel <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we would love to have you uh, have you come back, please, 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 uh, and keep in touch with us as well. Um, I just want to thank you so very much for all of the work that you do, your strength, uh, and your love of of life shows through. You know, I see the pictures behind you of little. Uh, are those your Are those your kids? Yeah, when they were little, they're big. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've. I mean you have this beautiful, beautiful spirit about you. And that's why I wanted to have you on. I knew that before I even talking to you, you had this absolutely beautiful spirit. And, um, and I love that you, you know, your life and your work right now is helping others. That's huge. That's really huge. So I want to thank you again, folks. If you want to check out uh, the wonderful book from Dr. Lise DeGeer, it's, it's called Flashback Girl, Lessons on Resilience, from a burn survivor. We'll have the link again in the show notes for you to get a copy of the book as well. Thank you, Dr. Lise. I want to just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And, um, and again, we'll have you back on real soon. Okay. I would love that. Thank you. All the best to you. Stay safe and well. Thank you, love. I will. I will. And thank you, wonderful listeners and viewers for tuning in this week. If you want more information about this podcast show, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com and make sure if you're subscribing to the YouTube channel, click that bell and you'll be notified of another show. Please share this show as well. If you've been uh, inspired and you know of someone who needs to hear it, please share this wisdom, this heart wisdom from Dr. DeGear. All right, until next time, I'm Christine Blasdale signing off. And remember, as always, to think outside of that damn box. Bye for now.